Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. And today we are talking about making mornings easier. We are recording this in the second week of September. So no matter where you are, if you have school-aged or preschool-aged kids on a traditional school schedule, you're likely back to the grind. And that kind of prompted us wanting to talk about mornings, um, but we're going to try to cover a lot here and not just mornings for school-aged kids or you know parents on a traditional work schedule, but just the process of getting everybody up, fed, and out the door. Because um, as I was prepping for this, I'm thinking it's really like, it's like all of the things we do as parents crammed into like an yes. hour, wouldn't you say? It's like I a guess? microcosm <laughs> of calamity. It, it Yes, you have routines, you got to eat, you have stuff to yep. pack up, you have all hygiene. Kinds of, hygiene, you have relationship dynamics and a lot of parenting challenges. So it's all kind of smushed together. Um, so we're going to kind of go through and break down, offer some tips. Um, and then I'm really excited because I called on the three full time working moms that I interviewed a few months back for our bonus interview number two. And um, I just asked for their tips for full time outside the home working moms because we do try to we try to kind of cover all different types of motherhood and working motherhood and stay at home moms. But the truth is, right now, you and I have more non traditional um, work from home or part time situations. So we do have some awesome, really specific, practical tips from full time working moms that I'm going to kind of weave through as we chat. But those came from Kelsey from the Girl Next Door podcast and Elizabeth from the Teaching Salmon Scout blog and my friend Angie, who's my friend from college and an awesome working mom of three. So um, at the end of the show, um, we'll kind of go specifically into working mom, but I'm also just going to incorporate their tips throughout. So big thanks to them and, you know, high five to all you working moms out there. Yeah. So, um, Megan, although I, I will say my, mine has changed a little bit in that yeah, now I do I, have to be out the door. I was say, yeah. So can you just back up and tell everybody, I mean, we're talking about mornings, but your mornings have changed significantly. So if people don't know, um, yeah. give us, give us the rundown on what you're doing. So, you know, for the last 13, 14 years, I have been almost exclusively working from home. And even when I have worked, had jobs that took me out of the house, it was pretty much on my own time. And my own time did not include anything before seven o'clock in the morning at the earliest. And I mean, that's like the earliest, right? So um, recently I got a job as a morning show host, you know, locally and morning shows start really early. So I now have to get up at about 530. Okay. Um, and you're Monday in the through, studio in a, and I'm in in a the studio, radio, local yep, radio in station, a ra- studio, in a radio at station. Um, I'm get they, we kind of worked it out so I get there a little bit after six because it just okay. made it a little bit easier, but I still have to be up and, you know, I yeah. still have to like get up and the, um, one thing I will say, if 
you know, the easiest morning routine is the one where you're not even there and your husband has to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that Thank none of my done. kids, Thank I've got it. Drop. Yep. I'm done. Um, the fact that my, my, most of my kids don't get up that early. So at uh, the two, there's a middle schooler and a high schooler and I see them, which I have to say is really nice because usually it would have been the other way around. Like by the time they were kind of out the door, I'm still bleary eyed. I don't have my contacts in, you know, now I'm up and I can hear them kind of bumbling around upstairs and then they come down a few minutes before I get out, head out the door. So we have a few minutes in the morning just oh, to kind of nice. connect on a little more, you know, like awake level, which is, is right. really nice. Um, but then I, Monday through Thursday, I'm not here for most of the rest of it. And then on Friday, um, I just call in really early and record, like pre-record all that day segments oh. from home. Um, because that day then I have, I can do other stuff, see clients or whatever. And then, and then I've been doing the morning, you know, it's only been one week, but I've been doing the morning right. routine with the kids on Fridays. So again, very big change. I'm now getting up at yeah. five 30. I have not that seen 5 30 unless I stayed up until 5 30 <laughs> in a very long time, like maybe nursing baby years. Yeah. So that is a I big mean, change. Have you found um, that you're going to bed earlier or so, that you're so ridiculous? I'm going to bed at like 9 30. Well, we're no on you never hear from me anymore. I know. Yes. <laughs> if you're a regular listener, you know, Megan and I are on different time zones, but we're really in sync because she goes to bed at midnight and I go to bed at nine. Only now we're completely off sync. Yeah, now but I'm going we- to bed at 630 your time. So, yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing I will say, though. I have to say I kind of love being up early. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's different, you know, knowing that someone's there. I tried. I've tried many times to, like, force myself to get up early, like, be, you know, at the gym really early, and I could never make it happen. I think I have to have someone who needs me to be there, like, right. butt in chair. One right. thing I have learned from this is that the snooze button is not your friend. Yeah. Although you, you maybe think the snooze button is your friend because I feel like maybe you have something coming up. No, about, I'm not. No? I, I resist the alarm clock just like, even though I'm a morning person, it's still hard when that. Yeah. My, my fail safe is that Brian sets the alarm. His goes off on his side, but I'm a lighter sleeper in the morning. So I then like shove him and he yeah. gets out of bed because he goes to the gym. We do both get up at five, but he gets up to go get ready for the gym. And that sort of is my snooze. So I know that if he's mm. out of bed and I've shoved him out of bed, then I have like five minutes basically while he yeah. gets ready to go for the go to the gym. And then when right. he comes back out of the closet bathroom, he's like, okay, you're getting up. And then I do. So my snooze yeah. button is my husband, husband. basically. But well, yeah, and I I've, mean, I've, yeah. I've fall prey to that too. Well, and I've actually found myself doing things in the past, like when I didn't have to be someplace, of setting my alarm earlier than I needed really to get up so that I could hit the snooze button more times. And that just leads right. to really crappy sleep for that last yes. half hour. And then you never really fall asleep, so you really can't really wake up. It doesn't yeah. feel good, but I'm and realizing now you guilty don't. too. Like it feels just, guilty, right? Yeah, and I and then I end up cutting it too close. So what I'm realizing now is there's sort of like I and I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I'm only a weekend here, but I'm realizing that there's sort of a natural waking period for me um, early in the morning anyway, where I mm-hmm. think I was just before getting up to go to the bathroom and then going back to bed. Ah, interesting. And so if I get up and it's a little bit before five thirty, I'm not gonna you know sit there and think, well, I'm entitled to 20 more minutes of sleep because I'm right. not going to enjoy the sleep and it's not going right. to feel good. So I've just been getting up and reading or, you know, having an extra cup of tea or whatever. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so, so no, far, so good. Yeah, that's great. And I did want to start with this idea of waking up. We've talked um, on this show before about the idea of waking up before your kids. And I think it's kind of a loaded thing um, because I have early risers, you don't, but I've always had super right. early riser or rising babies and toddlers and not particularly great nighttime sleepers. So the idea of waking up and having a leisurely cup of coffee before my kids woke up just was not a reality. I wasn't sleeping right. enough and they were already getting up in the fives usually. Yes. Um, and so now that's all shifted and I've talked about that before, but I do get up about an hour, 45 minutes or an hour before my kids. Um, and I know a lot of moms recommend that. I also don't think it's for everybody. If sleep is, sleep is super important for moms. And I don't yeah. think we should make anybody feel guilty if the baby is your alarm clock, because that's yeah, just reality for a lot of, for a lot of us. So, um, it's one strategy it does. I do find, um, 
because I am a caffeine person. I just have one strong cup, but man, it's, it, I'm very much affected by caffeine. So if I don't have it, I think you talked one time about yours is kind of a placebo, like you could give or take could, the caffeine. Yeah. I've been served decaffeinated tea before and didn't really even know. And, oh, and I'm the opposite. I go into full like chemical withdrawals if I don't have yeah. coffee. And the funny thing is I don't drink a lot, but it's just that one cup. But yeah. anyway, um, the other last week, one day we'd had a rough night of sleep. I think I forget why there was noises in the night or something. And I decided to forego my 5 a.m hour. So I got up with the kids at six and the whole morning was off. Like all the things we're going to talk about the lunches and the getting out the door and the being on time. So you know, if you can swing it and if you're a caffeine person having that kick in 20, 30, 40 minutes before everything starts happening is, is really nice. But if you can't swing it, I just, I don't think that necessarily has to be for everyone. Um, what about, I want to talk about waking kids up because mine are early risers and yours probably you've had to wake up for school when they were in either daycare or preschool or school years. Do you have, um, strategies? Like, do you let them sleep until kind of the last minute so you can get more done or do you wake, do you give them time to wake up? Like how have you, how have you worked on waking up? It's a very delicate balance. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes, and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. I think we've realized that in the morning, depending on the number of kids and like how much needs to get done by each kid, usually it's just, you know, I'm only really managing now Clara and Owen. So they're right. seven and 10. Um, William and Isaac basically just manage themselves so that I don't have to really worry about. And they're really both really good about knowing how much time they need. I think they both right. get up earlier than they absolutely need to anyway. Um, Clara... Clara hates getting out of bed in the morning because she's always so cold, so cold. And then she needs to like go lay in front of the heater, even in the winter or in the summer, she's cold and needs to be wrapped up in a robe. And then Isaac or Owen, I mean, does this thing at night where he sleeps. He has this fuzzy blanket and he cocoons himself in it literally so that it covers. (laughs) He's like wrapped up in it and then he pulls it over his head. So all that's sticking out is his mouth. I don't even know how he can sleep that way, but it's really hard to get him up. Because he's in this like cozy little, 
poking the cocoon. Yeah, and sometimes I can't even figure out where to open it. Like I'm, <laughs> he's like laying on the seam, and I can't, you know, like I gotta roll him over, and he makes his body heavy somehow. And so he, um, he's hard. He's probably the hardest one. And I'll sometimes peel the blanket back and go downstairs and have to come back and do it again. And you know, he's really sluggish. So all that said, I have found that anything less than like 35 to 40 minutes isn't enough time, but really anything more than like 45 to 50 minutes is too much time. Yeah. Well, then they start getting distracted and they want to go wander away and stare at the wall or like, I don't know, (laughs) play with something. Owen can get very lost in the minutia of anything. Right. So there has to be like a little bit of a pace to it. Yeah. Well, and that's my experience with early risers, which is why I wanted to kind of have you talk about the other side is I actually think early risers, I mean, on the one hand, you're not nudging kids out of bed, but it's really, I think in the school years been just as hard, if not harder, because we have this seemingly endless amount of time. So it is getting, we have less time now. The elementary school starts pretty early. So um, my kids are not allowed to come out of their rooms before 6am. A couple Mm -hmm. of them are often awake before 6am. Allegra now consistently sleeps past that a little bit. And if we wake her up, we wake her up at about 645, which is yeah, about like, just like you said, 35, 40 minutes before they have to leave. But when you've got when when you've got two hours or more, um, before anything needs to happen. Yeah. They think they can play. You think they can play or they get into something and then you've got to pull them out of it, which can be stressful. Yeah. So, um, I guess, I mean, a lot of early rising and sleeping in is nature, I think. And it's not like we've got to force our kids or force ourselves to change, but I do think it's an interesting dynamic. I agree. Too much time can be just as hard well, as having it, a kid that doesn't want to get out of bed. It makes sense. I mean, like even for a while when I was trying to figure out when, for example, to have my, um, my trainer appointment because I've been seeing a trainer at the gym and I would try to make it like two hours after I got up because then I thought, Oh, I'll have kind of like a leisurely morning and then I can, you know, have breakfast and then have some time to digest and all that. But what would end up happening is two hours in, you kind of get this feeling like you can start doing other stuff. Like you're not just getting up and then going someplace. You're kind of, you, it's like you're being interrupted. Your day is being interrupted right in the middle. So yeah, I'm I'm finding that it makes more sense to keep things on the lighter end. Yeah. keep time, keep that sense of urgency and get everyone out. Even if that means you have to kind of stand there. And that's one thing, John, you know, when he started kind of handling a lot of the last year, started handling a lot of the morning routine, um, the kids were late a lot and it's because he would get up early, but then he'd kind of sit and like, and think he could just like check his email and stuff. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) you have to, if you're going to get the kids up, you got to like stand there and be like, look, you know, it's drill sergeant time. Like keep it going, keep it going. Yes. (laughs) So that's Um, very much what I default to. I wanted to ask what age your older kids were when they kind of started doing their own alarm clock thing. Is that middle school? Did it differ for everybody? Yeah. For us, it's always like now it's on you or what if they did oversleep? I mean. Yeah. Well, okay. So for us, middle school is two things. Middle school is when the schedule gets a lot earlier. Right. And like more than an hour. Okay. And middle school is also the situation for us where if you miss the bus, it's going to be a huge pain for us to get you to school. Right. So there was both, first of all, there was both this whole, like, I don't really want to start getting up an hour and a half earlier than I did just right. so that I can, you know, make sure you're up. So the, some of that responsibility got passed. Right. Although now the funny thing is I am up there anyway. Yeah. Um, but the second thing was like, look, if you miss this bus, you're going to be like an hour late to school because now right. I can't take you to school. Right. And then come back and get the little kids ready. Yeah. They need to get to school. So it's right. sort of like that crucial thing. And for whatever reason, um, all th- all three of my kids who who have had that be their thing so far have been great. I mean, none of them right. have had a problem. Um, even though they don't, they don't, they aren't all morning people. Right. And they have very different responsibility levels as far as being able to care for their own stuff. The morning routine right. always worked out. I will That's also great. say, like for us, the bus. If and I know people use or don't use buses for a variety of reasons. But I have always found when we lived in a place that where the bus came and we don't now, we live a little too close to the school for the bus, but a okay. really a little, but a little bit too far away for them to walk every day. They can walk like now, but when the winter comes, I mean, the, right. the sidewalks won't be clear enough. It, right. It's probably not going to work. So the min, so, but for the middle schoolers, they have to take the bus because again, I, unless I completely change my morning routine, I can't drive them. So there's, there's a lot more urgency there. And I have found that when my kids have been on the bus system, they've 
hardly ever been late for school. There's just mm-hmm. that knowing that there's going to be yeah. a bus waiting for you. And that there's like, no, there's no like negotiating with mom or dad right. to wait for five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. There's no backup plan. It's like, yeah. you got to be there and your friends yeah. are going to be there. And if you don't get there, it's going to be a big hassle. Yeah. Um, I have found that that when we've had bus access to buses for whatever reason versus when we don't, the bus years mm-hmm. have always been better. So that's interesting. Cause um, it's like a I hard, would... it's a hard stop. You can't, yeah, you can't exactly. mess with it. Yeah, yeah, it's an external force. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I'm, we're going to move on to talking about breakfast in a second. But before, I have a couple tips going back to this idea of early rising or getting up before your kids. Um, because I am a morning person and I'm up early and I'm caffeinated, on the one hand, that makes things easier. I'm pretty good at directing the cruise ship and getting everybody out the door. On the other hand, just like you were saying with making your um, trainer appointment, my mind is often two hours ahead thinking yeah. about either work or just like personal stuff I want to get done. And it's like, it's like ready. Like if I, if following my natural instincts, if I could sit down at a computer at, you know, after my cup of coffee at like 6.30, I could probably knock out like a day's worth of work in two hours. That's like my prime time. On the other hand, I have three kids and breakfasts and all that. So I've found that what helps me, number one is staying off my phone because my phone has all of those things like, <laughs> uh, like coming in. Then I'm like, yeah. I've got the things in my mind, but then there's the emails and then there's the distraction. So really trying to stay off my phone for either the, the procrastinating fun stuff, or even like, I don't even use a digital to-do list in the morning. I just can't go there. Um, and then having my paper to-do list or my paper journal thing nearby, like right out on the kitchen counter to just write stuff down real quick. Cause I can't, <laughs> I cannot stop the things that are but they're just there's no place for them at that time because my job is to make our morning happen. So those are just a couple of things uh, that work for me because I am like firing on all cylinders almost too much um, first thing in the morning. So yeah, I I actually keep a pile of magazines in my um, kitchen by the island because oh, I, I hardly ever make a time to read magazines anymore, and I'm suddenly like getting a ton of them because I I got signed up. Okay. I blame Fabletics. Yeah. That's where I buy all my (laughs) athletic clothes now. I think there's like an option in the checkout where when you check out, you automatically get subscribed to magazines. And I didn't figure it out until literally I was suddenly getting like 10 magazines a month. But so now I have, and I love magazines, but I just don't have time to keep up with them all. So I keep them in the kitchen because that's a really easy in and out for me. You know, I can sit down and flip through an article or whatever, look at pictures. It's kind of feels like leisure. It's kind of fun, but I have no problem getting up and walking away, whereas yeah. it's much harder to put the phone down. So Right. No, that's a great yeah. tip. I love that. I like that a yeah. lot. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about breakfast a little bit. Um, the things I want to hit on for sure is kind of avoiding, um, and you'll have to go back to when you were help managing mornings, but avoiding the short order cook syndrome when your kids are kind of either too little to get their own or maybe just it, it's easier to help them because they're you know still learning yeah. how to make it all happen in the morning. Um, so how do you feed multiple kids? Do you give them different things to eat? I'll kind of, you go first and then I'll share how we're, how we're doing right now. And then also when do you eat yourself? So I need you to travel yeah. back in time here a little bit to your oh, pre-radio yeah. show mm. morning. Well, okay. So first of all, no one's going to be like blown away by the creativity of my breakfast. Oh, me neither. They... We can do that right away. We're talking yeah. cereal and toast. Cereal and toast. Okay. Cereal and okay. toast. But still, every now and then on the weekends, I'll make, I'll, on the weekends, I'll make eggs. And every now and then, actually, I'll make eggs during the week just because I don't feel like having carbs for breakfast. Um, but most, mostly cereal toast and that kind of thing. Um, no, I mean, yeah, everyone kind of decides what they want. I mean, to me, the difference between pouring a bowl of cereal and then walking across the room and making toast, it really doesn't make me feel like I'm doing that much more extra work. I will say I do remember a time when I like had a baby or toddler to take care of and being like, I can't add one more thing. So you guys have to agree what kind of cereal you want. Like the two kids, I would make them kind of collude together to decide like, what is it they want? And I I remember literally saying, you guys decide and then, but I'm going to go, you know, get the baby up or change her diaper or whatever. And by the time I get back, you tell me what you guys both want. And if you want something, if you don't both want the same thing, then you need to make it happen. (laughs) Yep. That's actually, that's uh, very similar to where we are right now. I make, um, we're going to get to lunches a little later on, but I make lunches in the morning. I don't do it the night before. And I'm in the kitchen there standing at the island making lunches and I'm happy to get bowls of cereal or put toast in. I actually prefer to do it because we have kind of an island kitchen and it can get a little, it's a nice big kitchen, but it can still get to be a, a lot if people are 
going around the corners and getting the toaster and all that. So yeah, I, it's like they have that window when I'm making lunches to put in their order. And as right. I'm bustling around, I will get the bowl of cereal, put the toast in. If they're not up, like Allegra will sometimes sleep in, or if they're just doing something else or not focused or not telling me what they want, then they pretty much have to get it themselves. So it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I just, I guess I think boundaries are good for moms, even with little kids. So if you're feeling like, and you know, toddlers and preschoolers are notorious for changing their mind or, you know, rejecting the toast because it has like one too many brown bits or whatever. But if that's, if that's causing major morning stress, I would say that you do get to have some boundaries as a mom, whatever that looks like in your family. You know, and there were certain things when my when I was in the thick of it like that, there were certain things that were just off limits for breakfast because I knew I couldn't right. turn. I remember I would have like a stack of pancakes I made over the weekend that I would keep in yep. the keep in the um, fridge that anyone could heat one up and make it. But I didn't want to have to do that on top of making something else. Like it's right. just too many moving parts yep. and I didn't have enough hands. I will say now it's kind of funny since, you know, since Clara turned like three, maybe two and a half, three, I really started to kind of put more thought, not into the content of her breakfast. It's almost always toast and tea, but like just the right. process of making it because I felt like I could indulge a little bit because she was my baby and, yeah, you know, so breakfast became a much more of like a, a little bonding affair between the two of us. Um, we'd often right. have the same breakfast. And the funny thing is now her, not just her, but even Owen will say, you know, mom, do you think that you could make my toast? Because you're just such a good spreader. Oh, you're just like the best spreader. And what what they're really wanting is for me to take care of them. You know, so sometimes if I have the time, I'll do that. The very funny thing is when my brother comes over, there's kind of like a longstanding joke since we were like in high school where he'd be like, Maggie, could you make me some peanut butter toast? Because you're just (laughs) so good at it. And sometimes he can still convince me like he'll come over and he'll just have this look and be like, would you, Maggie, do you think that you could make me some toast? with peanut that's butter awesome. on it. And that's I will, because awesome. I am a good that's spreader. Awesome. I always get the peanut butter on when it's still hot and it gets all melty. Yeah. And a lot of people don't put that kind of attention and care into peanut butter toast, but I'm like, I now take it I want you to make I take it very toast. seriously. Right now. Take, you can't well, let the, to- the bread toast too long, A, because then it doesn't, yeah, it gets it doesn't too... bend and fold. And then you got to like get it right away. Yeah. This is awesome. And it's got to be the right you. amount of peanut butter. Yeah. So anyway. peanut butter toast. Really, I'm exceptionally good at this. That makes me think of something too, that I feel like, okay, we know breakfast is important. We know protein in the morning is important. So I'm not diminishing um, the nutritional information that we know. However, I think that there's a lot of way to get nutrients in your kids throughout the day. And I think sometimes it can make you feel bad or guilty if you're too rushed or if your kids just like carbs in the morning. So I guess- I guess, again, we've talked about this with nutrition. I would encourage people to remember that kids and nutrition is over the course of a day or the course of a week and that I just have no one meal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think we need to beat ourselves up over a bowl of cereal in the morning, cold cereal and milk. Um, There's a few ways. I think if your kid takes a snack to school, one thing I try to do because my kids tend toward carbs for breakfast is um, send something for the school snack if they have a school snack that's not like a granola like bar. Like a cheese or, stick or like yes, yogurt exactly. or something like that. Yeah, Something absolutely. with a little more protein. And then also when my kids were getting up really early and preschool didn't start till like nine, there were a few years where like they were still getting up really early and they did go to school, but school wasn't till quite a bit later. We would have like a second breakfast often in the car of something like a banana or something with peanut mm-hmm. butter or something with a little more protein. So I guess like, yes, Yes, protein in the morning will last longer and, you know, a whole bunch of carbs and sugar isn't great, but I think there's ways to get around that, that we don't need to beat ourselves up over. Absolutely. And also, I I will also say, I think sometimes the snack, it's almost to me easier to pack a healthy school snack that's either a protein or fruit or vegetable than to really find a truly healthy grain-based thing. Uh You know what I mean? Because so many crackers and all that is just junk. And I I actually really find it funny. And this is a little little dig at teachers. Um, I I think it's funny how many of the kids' elementary school teachers have sent home notes saying, um, please only send your child with nutritious snacks or my pet peeve, nutritional snacks, which is not correct grammar, but um, nutritious snacks like pretzels or crackers. Like those are I don't really consider those nutritious no. snacks. No. That's kind of just like brown junk em- food. Empty carbs. Yeah. <laughs> it's empty carbs. But I, it's funny that like those are seen 
often in that situation as nutritious. Yep. Whereas like maybe a trail mix with some M&Ms in it would be considered right. junk, so even though probably yeah. the trail mix is just as good for you, if not better. So anyway, that's my little soapbox. I don't really care. Yep. It's just kind of a funny little thing I've noticed. So anyway, I, I am very wary, um, especially because so many snacks can't be processed in, you know, they can't have peanuts or be processed in a right. plant that has peanuts. So that eliminates a lot of granola. Right. Um, that el- eliminates putting peanut butter on crackers or yeah. something like that to make it a little heartier. So really what you're left with is either like straight up carbs yeah. or fruit or vegetables or cheese. So mm-hmm. I kind of just kind of go toward the fruit, vegetable or yep. cheese when I can. Yep. Which means the breakfast is not, does not have to incorporate that as much. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and how about, so you, you and Clara used to eat breakfast after the big kids left. This was something else. I this is something about we did when they were little. When, when, when she mom, was before like when does mom eat? Because I've yeah. changed this over the years. I used, last year I would kind of wait. It was kind of the same. Violet and I would get everybody out the door, and then I wouldn't really have anything or maybe a few bites of toast until more like nine or nine thirty, and then she and I might eat something more substantial. Um, this year, Brian Brian's always made smoothies since several years back. He lost a bunch of weight. He eats super healthy, and I've always poo-pooed his smoothies because they're really healthy and they have green stuff in them and I'm like I want no part of that (laughs) but I have this year I have not for any particular it's not like I'm on any kind of a diet I've just decided it's the easiest thing that is high nutrient in the morning and then Mm -hmm. I don't get to that nine o'clock and be like shoot everybody's at school I haven't eaten anything now I'm super hungry you know we all know where that leads so um I've actually learned to like his smoothies. Um, and I can even put a recipe in the show notes actually, if people want smoothie recipes. My thing is I need them really cold. So this is our like ongoing every morning. He'll be like, is it cold enough? So I like, if, if you use a lot of frozen fruit, then it has that cold texture, like a milkshake or a really cold frozen smoothie. And for some reason I can palette the different garbage he puts in there when it's really cold. If it's like room temperature, it grosses me out. So are we talking like kale and stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. Kale or spinach. And then a lot of times other vegetables, he'll put carrots or zucchini, whatever we have in there. And then a lot of berries, almond milk, oatmeal. He puts oatmeal in there and then we have a vitamin. Oh, that sounds like a textural nightmare. (laughs) Well, because of the Vitamix, because of the blender we have, it really, I mean, there's no chunks. It's very smooth. What about grit? No grit? uh, No, there's a little grit. Yeah. And the color is not what you would call appetizing. Poor oh Brian, boy. really. Anyway, but we'll put it in an opaque lot, glass, I guess. A lot of nutrients in there for me at the start of the day. So, well, that's nice. um Yeah, um I want one of our working moms, Kelsey, had a great tip and a recipe that she sent. So, they've been making um freezer breakfast burritos for mm-hmm. um she and her husband. I don't think their little boys eat them, but she can microwave them. So, she works full-time and she will microwave one right before she leaves and eat it in the car. And it's a, you know, obviously a lot of protein and all that good stuff. And so they make them ahead on the weekend and freeze them. And I love breakfast burritos. So that made me want to try that. So we will link to Kelsey's recipe in the show notes too. So I have to say for me, um, I have spent way, 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 way too many hours of my life (laughs) obsessing about breakfast. When When should I eat my bread? And I think we had this conversation when we were talking about working out because for me, the two have always played, have always been hand in hand. Like, when am I going to work out in the morning? It all depends on when I eat my breakfast. Mm-hmm. So do I eat breakfast early and then wait a few hours and go work out? Or do I, you know, just eat a really light breakfast and then work out right away and then come back and eat a bigger breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And um, I am finding that the being up early and going someplace is helping a little bit with that because um, I used to have really low blood sugar. And so mm-hmm. I would need to eat like immediately when I woke up or else I would just want to pass out. And what I've realized, I think that that's really, since having kids, I think that's really evened out a lot. But also I still wake up wanting something. And I also, when I first wake up, do not want eggs, bacon. I would never eat a a breakfast burrito when I first wake up. I really don't want protein at all. I just kind of want carbs. Mm -hmm. So what I'm kind of realizing is I don't really need to eat breakfast when I wake up. I just need something. So for me, just that cup of tea is enough. Right. And then it kind of can ride me past like the, the chaotic part of the morning. Right. And then I get to a space where I'm like, now I have time to sit down and eat a real breakfast. Or mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just have like some little thing, first thing. Then I wait until after I work out, which I'm now doing right after I get out of the radio station. Right. So like a 10, then I'll eat like a real like hearty breakfast. Yeah. I think we make too much about breakfast. I know that's like yeah. a really unpopular thing to say. No, I agree. Um, but I just feel like we make too much of a big deal about this idea that you're going to roll out of bed 
and immediately stuff your face with a balanced meal. I just, right. it doesn't work with the rhythms of my body. And then it right. makes me not want to do other stuff. Right. <laughs> sometimes it makes me eat more or sometimes right. I just want to go back to bed after yeah. I have like a big breakfast. So I'm kind of playing with it. Um, I think what's more important for me is like the, that I feel good and energetic all day. So whatever yep. I have to do to get that and I'm, I'm still playing with it, but I'm finding it's actually kind of nice because now by the time I get to the gym at 10, I'm really like whatever little thing I ate for breakfast is digested. So I don't feel right. sick right. or like sluggish, yeah. but I'm also not starving, you know, right. it's, it's right. like they've had a little time to ease into the day. So I have my workouts have been a lot better over the last yeah. week. No, I, I think know. it's a great, no, I agree. And I think, um, I think we get better a little bit about listening to our bodies as we get older and about yeah. bucking, bucking the rules or traditions yes. where necessary. Um, and Going also, can to, I just say one more thing? Yeah. Breakfast, it may be the first meal of the day, but that doesn't mean it has to be eaten like immediately upon right. awakening. And I think that's another sort of myth that like breakfast has to be eaten within the first half hour of waking up or, or you're right. just like setting yourself for a, you know, setting yourself up for a day of debauchery right. in the kitchen. Right. So anyway. No, agreed. What about your older kids who are managing? We're going to transition to talking about like kids getting ready and getting dressed yeah. in a second, but um, kind of to to do that transition, your kids who are mostly independent in the mornings, are they, when they come downstairs, are they all the way dressed before they eat breakfast? Or is anybody like, do you, like, cause my kids actually come down in their pajamas, usually eat breakfast. And then we mm. have to go upstairs to get dressed, which we're going to talk about that more in a minute. But I'm just curious, has it, has it been like a rule in your house that kids need to be dressed before they come down for breakfast? Or is it just the way it happens? No. And often they aren't. Um, okay. Often when they come to breakfast, they maybe tried to get dressed and that's when I noticed that like what they're wearing just, I mean, I'm not like a big stickler about their clothes, but come on, <laughs> the there are limits. Try. Like I don't want my kid leaving the house in shorts when it's, you know, negative 20 out, for right. example, that's just an example of, of the yeah. kind of thing I may veto. Right. Um, so no, they often, but, but what I've been doing lately is to make, and I think one thing we need to talk about before yeah. we wrap up and this can come later is the fact that there is no morning routine without an evening routine. Yep. The two oh, of them yeah. are inexorably linked. So Absolutely. you can't think about one without the other. But one thing I've tried to do is really make mornings easier on myself by just no, – like my kids can't find clothes for themselves. I don't, and they're old enough to do it. But it's just like they like forget where their drawers are or I don't know what's going on up there. So sometimes it's just an easier thing to do at night. I'll say, hey, when you get upstairs, look in your drawers, pick out what you want to wear. I think Clara gets really into putting together an outfit. So for her, it just right. takes longer and – um, and then I might even ask them to bring them down and leave them mm -hmm. oh. like at the base of the stairs. And then when they wander down in the morning like zombies, right. if they forgot their clothes, it's not a big deal. They can get dressed in front of the heater, which they yeah. love doing in the winter. Love, love, love doing that. And I don't mind. I mean, I remember right. that feeling of getting yeah. up and being like cold to the bone and just wanting to sit in front of the radiator. Um, right. And, you know, they, they like, they'll sit. There's like a little heating vent in our kitchen and then one in the, um, or not in the kitchen, in the living room right in front of the stairs. And then there's one in, uh, the, in my bedroom okay. and I'll have kids like sitting in front of them in the morning and like dressing in front of them. I don't, I don't care. I don't really care as long as we have time for everything. Yeah. So that's not a big, it's not a big rule. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. 
And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. One thing I don't let them do is like wait till the last minute to find socks because I swear yeah. to God, the sock thing has well, and thrown shoes. us off. Yeah, and yeah. shoes. Yeah. And she, okay. So we're going to, let's just go there. Cause the, my next kind of segment, um, is about getting dressed and kids getting dressed on their own. Um, and all How that. How do kids because, lose their shoes? They wear what? them every day. Yeah, I know. I don't understand it. I know but they do. Well, and we are not, okay. Well, I'm going to save shoes for a second, but, okay. um, getting dressed and getting kids dressed can just turn into like one long nagging session. Don't you think? Oh, I mean, yeah. unless oh, yeah. you have babies, in which case you can physically no get them dressed. Right. But pretty much from pre, depending on how into getting dressed your preschooler is, which my current preschooler is very into getting dressed and picking her clothes and very picky about what she wears. It's pretty much the conversation starts from the night before yeah. <laughs> until you're in the car. So, um, Gosh. Okay. So here's, here's one of my tips about this that I used to do a few years ago. Um, and you and I've talked about how we're not huge, like chore chart or routine chart people, (laughs) neither of us. But Mm -hmm. my one exception was, um, for a couple of years when the kids were say four and two or three and five, at one point they were, Reed was in preschool and Allegra was in kindergarten. I did make them little visual, um, routine charts for the morning and there was no sticker. There was no checking anything off. There was no, there was no system to it, except it was literally just little pictures from the internet. <laughs> sure. What you they need had that. To do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it was, it was, there was a picture of breakfast, a picture of getting dressed, a picture of shoes, a picture of a packed lunch, which I was packing their lunch, but they needed to like it needed to be, you know, go with them. Um, right. and I'm trying to think of what else would have been on there. Teeth brushed and go potty, I think. And I forget the order I put them in, but I didn't even care the order. One thing it allowed me to do as they were in those ages where they weren't independent yet, but they were getting more independent. Right. She was probably five when this was happening is they'd start to veer off into some activity or another. Cause we had more time in the mornings and I'd say, you know, tell me where you are. What things have you done? What do we need to do next? What's on the chart? And I think any time that you can remove it from just a nagging mom, um, mm. I think it helps. And it did help for those couple of years. They were on the fridge, low down where the kids could see them. And again, with the shoes, like we put on shoes well before we need to leave because I cannot handle the last minute shoe, the, either the finding the shoes or deciding that these shoes are uncomfortable, even though we've worn them every yes, day for exactly. six yeah. months. Oh, so. Yeah. The shoe thing, it's it, and I, I've tried to become more proactive. I really kind of thought that some of the kids would outgrow, but I swear even my 18-year-old sometimes can't find his shoes. I don't understand. They all take them off when they come in the door. I just don't, I don't know why they're lost all the time, but as or soon as they'll kick them, they'll kick them in different places. Like one yeah. will be in one room and another will be upstairs. Yeah. I, I keep telling them the problem is kicking your shoes off. You can't do that because one will fly under the sofa and the other one... Who knows where it goes? And then, you know, you see one during the day and you forget that you're not seeing both of them and whatever. So I'm trying to make sure like to really reinforce to take them off as soon as you get in and just leave them lined up by the back door and then you'll know where they are. Um, But it is a, it's a, it's a work, you know, I wanted to, uh, something that I thought of when we were discussing like the kids, like, you know, being cold in the morning and like kind of easing into the day when Jake and Isaac were maybe two and four, three and five, that was the last time I really had like an out full side, full time outside the home job. But Uh I do remember those days. I, the first thing we do, and we do showers and baths now, um, at night, unless you're independent, like truly independent, then, then you can choose when, and they usually do them in the morning, but the younger kids do them 
tend to do them at night. But um, in those days, I very purposely, the very first thing I did in the morning um, was take my shower and then fill the bathtub. And I would take the kids right out of their beds and put them in the bath. (laughs) And it was like they would just kind of open up like little flowers. I remember I would put them in and they'd be all, they'd be all like kind of grumpy and like, but then you put them right from like this warm bed environment into a warm tub environment. And like they'd start talking and kind of like half-heartedly splashing and playing and then but and I would put my makeup on and then by the time yes. and like blow dry my hair and by the time I was ready they were ready for me to get them out and get them in, in front of breakfast that was just like a gentle way to ease into the day that I really that's remember so enjoying. smart that's yeah. so smart I love it um Angie who you'll hear from because she recorded her working mom tips uh for us and we'll play them at the end of the show but one of hers was borrowed from your summer shortcut Megan about her two daycare aged kids her younger two who are yeah. one and three sleep in their daycare clothes the night before. So if uh-huh. you haven't been listening to us forever and you haven't heard Megan talk about that tip for summer or for any time when casual soft clothes work. So her one and three year olds um, sleep in their daycare clothes and they get up and she changes the baby's diaper. And you know, that's pretty much it other than yeah, breakfast. They're sleeping so in their was... clean bed and their clean clothes. There's no reason yep. they cannot go to school in those clothes. In the morning, Absolutely. So. Um, Kelsey also had a tip about she gets ready in the morning, obviously, but she has her makeup bag and she does her makeup at work. So just like that, taking that one thing out of the morning equation for herself. And then when she gets to work, it doesn't take very long, but it's one less thing to do during the getting ready in the morning. Um, gosh, I don't know what else to say about getting dressed and ready. Should we focus a little bit on on the evenings, though? I just feel like that's yeah. such an important thing to say because we can't, you know, we. I, I feel like it's such a mom. I mean, it's such a mom thing <laughs> to like say we want to have these morning routines, but then completely gloss over the fact that we stayed up way too late the night before mm-hmm. because we wanted our me time, or like mm-hmm. for, or just because like we had work we had to do, or we couldn't get ourselves to turn off when we were like cleaning the kitchen we couldn't stop ourselves and we you know stayed up too late or whatever and you can't have one without the other I'm never going to stop hitting the snooze button in the morning if I stay up too late and I'm exhausted when the alarm goes off that's just an example but it's those two things are so linked um and you can really set I think if you're an evening person you're in such a position to set yourself up for a good morning by taking advantage of that energy but kind of conversely if you're an if you're a morning person you can set yourself up for a better evening yeah, in the morning. So yeah. it's like the two things just go hand in hand. And I think yep. since we're both, since we're opposite, maybe we should yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. No, and you that was obviously came through loud and clear from all three working moms as well. Yeah. Because oh, that's I think, good. Because um, they know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what do you or what have you done the night before consistently? I mean, I used, when I was up late, I used to do everything at night. Like clothes were out and, you know, clothes were out. Um, I would kind of take care of any to-do lists that for the next day I would write those at night Mm -hmm. because I would usually have a burst of energy at night Mm -hmm. and I would take care of a lot of my leisure stuff at night so that I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I never got any time for myself. Um, but I will say I've been, not always. I would say pretty late. I mean, you know, midnight's pretty late for yeah. a lot of people. But I was a stickler. I got to be more and more of a stickler about not pushing it. Like when I felt myself getting tired, which for me might not happen until 1230, but when I really felt that happening, just to go to bed. Because right. you start to you realize at some point you're kind of useless after a yeah. certain – and that's true – you know, whether you're a morning person or a night person, I think a lot of people who call themselves night owls are just really resisting or have hit their second wind. And that does not yeah. mean you're going to feel good the next day. Well, it's like a toddler, right? Toddlers will push past. If they don't go to bed, they get that crazy second wind and it's not pretty. Yeah. So no. like it's, I think we're the same. Like you can push yeah. through, but then what happens on the other side helps nobody. Yeah. Almost anybody can convince themselves they're a night owl if they stay up late enough nights in a row, right. <laughs> you know, and, and just get used to it. But I think, I think that there is, you can be someone who hits, has a, has a burst of energy later in the evening and that might make you more of a night person than a morning person, but that doesn't mean you need to stay up until two right. to play around on Facebook or, or whatever it is. Right. I'm always ripping on Facebook and I don't, I don't mean to make Facebook like the, the scapegoat, yeah. but it, it, it is yeah. a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so now I'm finding, I really need to go to bed like at nine 30. And so now I'm having to find. I'm having to like refigure it out because now I need to find times during the day to get other other stuff done. Right. So right. I'm still kind of, I don't know. What do you do? Well, I do almost nothing the night before. So I'm a bad example other than, <laughs> you know, the backpacks are clean. So right after school, um, I 
empty the lunch, the little bento box things from the lunch boxes, kind of wipe down the lunch boxes, um, either soak or put those in the dishwasher, the things. And, um, so backpacks are ready to be refilled. Um, but I don't do a lot the night before, but laying clothes out or having your kids sleep in them would be one packing lunch. Do you pack lunches the night before for your lunch taking kids? So now I'm, I'm, I've always tried to pack them uh, right after school. Yeah. And that works for us. Night times would not work now. Right. It, it used to work as a backup plan. Yeah. But now there's no way. So I'm going to have to change that. Right. But, you know, Sarah, I did want to say you, you said you're a bad example because you don't do anything at night, but you do the most important thing. You go to bed. Yes, I do. That's true. So then, therefore, ergo, you are set up in the morning to get up and do yeah. stuff in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that's true. Um, but all three of our working moms definitely said packing lunches, including adult working adult lunches, if they also yeah. bring a lunch. And bags with pretty much everything, having that the night before done, clothes laid out the night before. Um, Check the house, fridge for milk. Yes, house picked up or house kind of ready to like deal with the morning routine. You know, I don't like doing a bunch of dishes at night. Brian's pretty good actually about helping with nighttime dishes. I'm more likely to do a whole bunch of backed up dishes in the afternoon. Like I like that after school time, the kids are having snacks and I'll do a whole bunch of dishes then. So there's nothing extra. And then dinner is hopefully pretty minimal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think waking up to a, a halfway decent house. You know, what? I'm, a t- I'm just a terrible example of, you know, buttoning up at the end of the night. I pretty much. Well, that's because you're, you're falling asleep. And that's where I'm finding that I am now. It's like I'm really getting tired early. So I need to shift things. Um, right. But I also think sometimes there's this false um, idea that it has to be either morning is when you do all this stuff or night. And I think right. if you have any flexibility at all, um, right. there are other times during the day, like four o'clock for me is a great time because I'm kind of in the kitchen anyway and the kids are getting yep. home and maybe I make them a snack. That's a great time to do a lot yep. of that stuff, including yep. like that's also tends to be when I'm doing things like folding laundry because right. it's kind of what I hit. Um, I kind of hit a peak as far as how much work I can get done. Like four uh-huh. o'clock, I'm like, my brain is shutting off. The kids are coming home and I need to transition. And for me, like taking care of household tasks is a great way to transition out of yeah. work into mom, you know. Right. So when I'm um, when I'm puttering around the kitchen, like I fold laundry in the kitchen often because then right. if I get tired of folding for a few minutes, I make some sandwiches or whatever. Right. And, and it just kind of keeps me in the heart of the home and like yep. available, but I'm still getting stuff done. So no, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, the, the last few things on my list besides our working mom tips, which we've hit on a few of them is kind of, um, in general, getting out the door on time and a few, I have a few tips and, um, sort of move We've talked about all the specifics, eating, getting dressed, waking up, but like, let's say you're up and the kids are up. Like, how do you stay on track time-wise? This is just an ongoing thing for us. I don't know why, mm-hmm. I guess it is for everybody, but One, I have like one big tip that's worked super well for us. And I have to credit our friends at Rookie Moms, which is an awesome blog and website that I can link to. But Heather had a post about um, using a music alarm. She happened to have Sonos, which we also have Sonos. Sonos is like a, it's it's a speaker system for your house and it works in different rooms. So they look like Bluetooth speakers, but it's a little smarter than that. It's like having Bluetooth speakers, but you have an app on your phone where you can control any of them, you know, put them all in the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. And it has Spotify, like all of your music type stuff interfaces with Sonos. Um, so we have a Sonos speaker in the kitchen and one upstairs and one, um, but you can have, there's an alarm feature. And so we have music and I did get this idea from Heather at rookie moms. We have music that comes on and it's like a kid's playlist that comes on 20 minutes before we have to leave and it goes off five minutes before we have to leave. And that going off is also key. So this was, again, with my kids being early risers and having more time in the morning, the 20 minute cue is like, if you're all the way ready for the day and you've had breakfast, you just, you basically just get to play. And it just kind of lets you Mm -hmm. know that like, you know, you've got 15 minutes to play. If you're not ready or if something in that whole like, imaginary routine chart is not done you better do it because we're now in like the final stretch and then when the music goes off at the five minute mark it's like get your stuff and get in the car basically so it kind of has two cues like Reed especially I've talked about his sort of like tightly wound anxiety and he has a lot around time so he gets very stressed out about running out of time or if you tell him it's time to go without any warning he freaks out so that worked really well and the fact that it was like a fun playlist instead of like a beep It was just a cue. Like you didn't have to do anything. It wasn't like the alarm's going off. We've got to drop everything and put on our shoes. It was like, oh, I hear the music. That means we're in the final 
20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when the, and then when it went off, then it was, then you're really like five minutes to go time. So that was one thing that helped. And my other tip there is, um, clocks, like having a good clock that everybody can see. We have a big school room, like an old school, it looks like an old classroom clock in our kitchen and it's big and it's where everybody can see it. I think sometimes moms, um, control the timing, control the time. (laughs) And then we become the ones being like five more minutes, five more minutes, time to go upstairs. And Mm -hmm. It's just a habit, but if everybody can see the clock and your kids, and I've said this a bunch on this show, like even little kids who can't tell time can, and if they know their numbers, they know where the long hand is. So we say all the time, like when the long hand's on the nine, it's time to go upstairs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, then the clock is again, like the chart or the clock, it's like some external force instead of just a nagging mother. So those are a couple of things that we've used. I have to admit, like, we're not great as Brian and I as partners in this. Like, I definitely need to step back sometimes because I can be more of a time taskmaster. And then I realize, like, you know, he like if I it, he can be in charge of his own time, too. So I can get a little naggy. It's something we're always <laughs> trying, trying to tweak. But I don't know. Are, do you have any other ideas besides constantly? You know- Five more minutes, five more minutes. Five I, more and minutes. I'm bad about, I'm bad about putting, letting the kids have ownership of the time. Like our only clock in the kitchen faces away from where the kids sit. Okay. So, you know, that's something I could probably be better at. Um, I, I guess for me, I don't really have a system, but I do, the two things that have really helped me is just to stay in motion. You know, a, a body mm-hmm. that, you know, starts in motion, stays in motion or whatever that physics saying is right and inertia is hard to overcome and the minute I get distracted sit down stop moving whatever that's it's it's easy to let crucial minutes go by that even if you're not then gonna be late it just adds stress you know like you know when you think it's 7 30 and you look at the clock and it's actually 7 34 that little moment ah you know so you know add a couple of those up and it, it leads to lateness or stress so um, that's one of the things that I just try to stay in motion. And I find that there's always something I can be doing. Like I multitask like crazy in the morning and I don't feel bad about it. I brush hair while I'm talking to another kid. You know, I'm like always yep. kind of keeping yep. everything moving and keeping everyone going. I look at the morning as very active management. And I, yeah. I've i chosen to sh- keep the morning short by not getting the kids up too early. So I have right. to do it that way. Right. And it's that works. Um, the other thing is I just try to stick to more or less the same routine. I find that if you change up the orders of things or if you mm-hmm. oh, that's throw so any extra task in, like yeah. if you decide to let the kids finish their homework in the morning because right. why not? You know, nope, I don't do that. Like it has to get done the night before. If there's an emergency or we're out, I've had mornings where I've just written a note to the school and been like, I'm sorry, we just didn't get to have a chance to get this done. And I'm not going to ask a kid to sit there and do it at the breakfast table yeah. because that just throws one more thing into the mix, the likelihood that they're going to then forget it anyway, B, you know, forget their lunch because they're frazzled, C, not finish right. their breakfast, D, we're just going to be late. I mean, there's so many, there's so many questionables when you start throwing these, um, you know, yep. variables in there, it just throws everything off. And I find that right. the more predictable and energized the morning is, the better we all are. Yep. And don't you find it too, like, um, I think kids feed off of our energy and it's possible to be, I think you described it really well as active management. It's, it's possible to be an active manager without making everyone around you feel like it's like the end of the world and you're screwing around. And I think it's just very, yeah. And I think it takes practice, but, um, I find more resistance from my kids if I feel like if we're, if I'm pushing them or if there's like, we got to do this quick. So I think that just gets easier over time. And maybe for a while it is setting your alarm a little bit earlier or getting up a little bit earlier or doing a little bit more the night before. But, um, I, I've just had times and I'm just going to be really honest where I've like put my kids in the car, they go to school, Brian takes them to school and I've like felt really bad about being yeah. kind of grumpy barking, or yeah. barky. And it's not a good feeling. And you don't, I mean, not all of our listeners have school aged kids, but if your kids are in elementary school, you're not going to see them again for like seven hours. And it's right. not a very good feeling to feel like you spent the first two hours of the day being really being, grumpy. And, and I all, think we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's enough to make you want to do it differently, whether that's like yeah. tweaks in the routine or just a mindset shift or whatever it is, having your quiet time with your coffee. But yeah. I mean, all these tips are really practical and it's about efficiency, but it's also about relationships and not Absolutely. wanting to just fight every morning. Yeah. So if it's a fight with a preschooler about what to wear, or if it's a fight with your spouse, like 
it's worth looking at how these routines work because, you know, routines are really good, but you can also get stuck in a really crappy one and feel like crap yeah. every day. So totally agreed. Yeah. And I've, and I've been all over the place with that to mornings where I was like, I got to do something because yeah. this is bad. And I think what I've found, like you said, like you drop your kids off, don't see them again. And the last thing, and I don't want to be, you know, fatalistic, but sometimes it's like, what if it's the last time they ever see me? <laughs> Not that I don't have that thought all the We've time because I'm weird thought. like that. But, you know, and that was like the biggest, this is the memory they're going to have of me is like the grumpiest mom ever. And it, it doesn't feel good. I think what I've found is I try to be like, that's where the consistency comes in for me. Because if I just know that the pace that we're in means I can be basically like the world's cheeriest drill sergeant, like right. I can be Mary Poppins meets Taskmaster or whatever, right. and just kind of cheerfully, but consistently, yet firmly, but lovingly. Right. Keep them moving. It's so much better than if I get into the morning too slowly and then freak out at the end or yep. if I don't keep an eye on the clock. I mean, I'm all about being relaxed and I'm all about being kind of laid back, but sometimes being too laid back just leads to being mean later. Yeah. Because <laughs> so then true. you realize you're out of time and it's like, ah, yeah. you know, so it's that consistency. It's like that balance and, and it takes time to figure it out. Yeah, it really does. And kind of we owe it to ourselves to figure out what, what, what will make that better because there yeah. are, we don't always control what time school starts or what time we have to be at work, but there are ways to kind of make it feel less horrible, I guess. Yep. Um, I want to throw out a couple more of our working mom tips. And then, um, when we close the show, you're going to hear from my friend, Angie, who, um, also called in some great ones using our speak pipe service, which anybody can use that to um, call in your questions or comments for the show. But I do have a couple more. Elizabeth, um, similar to my Sonos music alarm, she said she has a few alarms in the morning, more for herself. So one goes off when she gets up, but then there's another one to cue her when it's time to get in the shower and one for when it's time to get ready to leave the house. So I thought that was another good one. She also said she likes to drive to and from her work in complete silence, which I love that tip because it's, you know, she's got two little kids at home and she's mm. a full-time teacher. So she just knows that on either end of that commute is chaos. And so yeah. she purposely takes that 10, 15 minutes of silence, which I thought was really, I, a like, very cool I like that a lot. Um, and then, yeah, I think I've touched on a lot of other, um, tips from those three working moms. And again, we're really thankful, um, that they chimed in since you and I have kind of a different thing going on right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think I would just love it if, you know, people would weigh in with their own, um, yeah. tips like in the comments and maybe on Facebook, because I just, yeah. this is one of those things where like, there are a million ways to do it right. And, uh, yeah. everyone has a very different experience and I don't really remember what it was like to have a newborn <laughs> yeah. when I was doing all this. And that throws a completely different, oh, if you're dealing with morning sickness or, yeah. you know, a baby been up all night into their diaper like, right I mean that's like it? yeah game changer so yeah. yeah yeah no I would love to hear from people too um you can email us hello at themomhour.com we love getting your emails you can leave a comment on this um episode blog post which will be episode 67 just go to themomhour.com and yeah find us on Facebook Instagram and we'll keep the conversation going about mornings Hey, Megan and Sarah. Thanks so much for asking for a few working mom tips for getting the kids out the door in the morning. Um, I have five of them. First is I always get myself completely ready before my kids are up. Um, it helps that I'm a morning person, so I get up quite early, but I think it makes the experience easier on everybody um, because once they get up and their chaos ensues, I'm not also trying to blow dry my hair at the same time. Second is sharing the responsibility. If you and your spouse agree that he's going to be, take care of the morning, then you have to let him. I think so many of us still try to chime in and put the shirts on and get the shoes on and help get him out the door. Um, I do that once in a while, but usually if it's his morning, it's his morning. I'm going to allow myself the, the low stress of that, that day or get myself to work earlier, which is usually the, the purpose. Third um, is actually Megan's summer shortcut of dressing the kids the night before. Um, Megan mentioned in the Summer Shortcut series that she does that, and I think I've done that since my kids were little. For my daycare-age children, age one and three, my school-age daughter is able to get herself ready, so she gets to do that in the morning. But for my one- and three-year-old, I put them in their clothes for daycare the night before, and they sleep in those, and that way all I have to do is change a diaper for the baby in the morning and maybe feed them breakfast, making the morning a lot less stressful. 
My fourth tip is for those of you that have flexibility with your calendar, so not a teacher, but somebody in a more corporate environment, I block off the first 30 days of my calendar at work as tentative. Um, just knowing, trying to avoid meetings that first 30 minutes, so somebody has to ask me to have a meeting in that first 30 minutes, um, so that one day a week, it's going to be awful. Something's going to go awry. Somebody's going to have a crisis. It's going to be pajama day at school and all forgotten, and there's no clean summer pajamas. Um, that happened this last week <laughs> for a very concrete example. So then I'm 15 minutes late, and then it just takes a load of stress off that I don't have my meetings all blocked up in that first 30 minutes. My last tip is to sort of utilize whether you're a morning or a night person. I'm more of a morning person. My energy level peters in the evening. And for at least three days of the week, I go in um, in the morning early to work, and I let my husband do the morning routine. Um, with the kids. That's because um, it might be people might feel that's reverse logic and using the time you have the most energy with the kids. For me, a lot of like that morning routine and dropping kids off is a, um, not something I have to be at my top shape for. Um, you know, driving in the car an extra 20, 30 minutes um, to do those runs. I, I find that time for me is better used in the evening where I'm lower energy or not as sharp at work and can kind of just do the hustle and bustle a little easier. Awesome. Thanks a lot, everyone. We'll right. see you next Take time. Care. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.